Hey there, Pure Report listeners. Rob Ludeman here checking in before you get into part two. Hope you really enjoyed part one with Cause, hearing some of the stories that he was able to tell about the early days of Pure and even prior to Pure. And now we'll get into part two where you get a little bit more from him on his personal life, um, some great anecdotes, really interesting conversation that we had. So enjoy part two of the Pure Report with Cause. Um, what's an average day in the life? Um, Here at Pure, yeah, or yeah, in general, I know. or outside well, well, of it. I guess people would want no, to be no, interested I, in both, right? I, I, I know you meant here at Pure, but how do you consume your time on a daily basis? Um, well, that's one of the things that um, is probably uh, less, I don't know, less relevant or obvious, or I'm not sure what the right word is for me than than for many others, because it's you know very different, right? Um, you know, well, pretty much my day is. The vast majority of my days are centered around I get up in the morning and I drop the kids at school. Or actually, my older son walks now. Um, uh, so I drop my younger son at school and come in here. And then at some point, I will go home and have dinner. And, uh, uh, you, know, w- w- you know, with the family. Yeah. And, and, and those are pretty much anchors. There's not a lot of days that I'm not doing that. Those are great bookends. Yeah, um, for sure. And uh, um, so just sticking with the mega structure of the day. Then after the kids go to bed, it's like, eh, some nights I come back here and work, and some nights I stay at home and don't. Um, now, of course, the kids go to bed later. So uh, actually, it's some after dinner. Sometimes mm-hmm. I come back here and work, and sometimes I don't. I like being close to the office because when I'm uh, you know, really doing a bunch of work, I like being here. Because occasionally, if I'm like stuck and I want to think about something, it's nice to walk around, run into some engineer or something, and chat about a problem with them for a few minutes. Bounce, Maybe bounce their problem. Some prob- ideas off. Well, no, not or, my or, problem. Or, or, or theirs. Just get a break you. and chat right, about right. their problem. Sure, sure. Um, uh, but then as to okay, so as to what consumes the day, you know, I a lot of people want to talk to me about things, so uh, you know, I talk to customers mm-hmm. and I talk to people at Pure and. You know, but it's around so many different topics. You know, it might be HR, like what are we going to do for our benefits next year? Or, you know, how do we message this? Or how do we prep for the, you know, earnings meeting or the board meeting? Or those aren't HR. Those are diverging from HR, the board meeting and stuff. But but there's also like with the board meeting, there's things like the comp committee or, um, you know, or things like that, which are more HR related. But, you know. So a lot of times I'm talking with people in HR. You know, sometimes I'm talking with people in legal. Maybe we're doing something around patents or stuff. A lot of times I'm talking to engineers, either engineering managers and, and, and execs about schedules and roadmaps or just engineers about things they're working on or ideas that I have or ideas that mm-hmm. they have. Um, you know, so it's all over. I mean, I think at this point the biggest part of my job is to – be a lubricant to everyone else in the company. I love that word. Um, <laughs> that's a good term. Uh, and you're intimately involved, right, in a lot of different things. Uh, that's yeah. the, the point, right? Yeah. So if you have an idea and you like don't know where to go with it or whatever, happy to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're, you know, when we have our summer interns in, I meet with all the summer interns in like small groups and talk to them. And, and really, it's a chance to give them a little career advice 
uh, around hinting because a big part of my job is helping to recruit. Yes. And so, you know, with the summer interns, I'm like, okay, you know, the message I want to convey to all of them is you have the whole summer here. It's an extended interview. Your job is really to figure out, do you want to work here after you graduate? Are you going to be really excited about working here? And that um, you, your other job is to make sure that we're impressed enough with you to... Are we excited to have you come back, right? Be excited yeah. to have you come yeah. back, right? And, but, uh, you know, like I said, my main job is as an enabler at this point. I enable others to do better. And, and so... Um, and that's why I say my day is so varied because, you know, today I'm talking to you. Right. And, yeah, you know, yesterday I didn't talk to you. And yesterday I sat in a metrics meeting and we looked at a bunch of business metrics. Mm -hmm. And um, I chatted with NASA um, what's your, what's your, a bunch about What's your favorite about, of all these? Uh, is it talking to customers? Is it the technology? Um, which, which which of these you're you're heading to? Yeah, I don't the know. The meeting what you're heading so, to whatever, and you're going. Oh, I'm really excited to you know because I'm going to get to talk to NASA, or I'm going to you know is that? Well, so the customers a lot of times I'm sort of giving them a lot of the how did we start the company? What are yeah. the core principles? And answering questions. Um, so in that sense, it's better when I go and I visit customers rather than them coming here for an EBC because then I get to interact with them more. Um, On their my terms. least yeah. favorite is anticipating going to a customer that's having problems and having to calm them down. Yes. And I say anticipating because um, pretty much every time I get there to the meeting in the end, they're like really ecstatic with the product and how much better it is than everybody else. And they're really ecstatic with how well support solved their problem and the responsiveness of sales, et cetera, et cetera. So even though everybody was freaking out that the customer was horribly unhappy and I had to go visit them, mm -hmm. uh, it turns out, no, they're actually really pretty happy and, and they appreciate the visit. But, you know, and it's one of those things you, you, you dread, like, oh, my God, I'm going to go in there and they're going to be unhappy. And, right. And, right? And, mm -hmm. and it's not like they're unreasonably unhappy or something, right? I mean, clearly the only reason I'm going there is because they had some problem and we were in some way yeah. responsible for it. But it, it's it's one of those things where I can guarantee you, in every single case, the anticipation of the meeting was a hundred times worse than the actual meeting. It's the unknown, right? It's it's that you're not sure not, what they might come at you with, or, not the or unknown. It's, just, it's purely it's, the anticipation. It's it, purely it's, what's lead, you know, leading up to. It, it, well, <laughs> it's you know, it's like any task that I mean. Look, I would rather that a customer never had a problem, sure. right? So I'd obviously rather never have to go to that meeting. Um, it's like when you have to let somebody go, yeah. right? It it it's you know horrible leading up to it, and then like I remember the first time here at Pure that I had to let someone go, I was like not looking forward to it. It was going to be awful, you know, somebody I knew well mm. and whatever. They made it real easy. You know, it wasn't like they didn't know that, um, you know, it was going to happen or it was any sort of a surprise, um, uh, you know. And so the, you know, the meeting itself, right, it's like, you know, this summer, uh, my son went and did a program with uh, Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute on a, a, a ship for a few weeks. And, you know, in advance, he's like all nervous and yeah. and and. Yeah. and Oh, I'm going to hate it. It's going to be awful. And then you pick him up, and it's like he had a great time. Yeah. 
right? Very standard thing, right? Yep. People do that all the time. Well, you still do it when you're the CTO of a company and you got to go talk to a customer that's unhappy or yeah. do some yeah. other task like that. Outside of um, family, right? Which I mean, I love. I do the same thing with my son. Breakfast in the morning, and you know, we try to do <laughs> to do dinner at night. Um, what, what do you like to do outside of the walls of Pure? What, um, what are you passionate about in your free time, non-Pure time? Yeah, there's. Um, so most of that has been subsumed at this point, because uh, pretty much, um, for me, right? It's time is either spent with Pure. Or with the kids, mm. right? So I don't like. I would like to play a lot more golf. Terry Noonan keeps asking me if I want to play golf on the weekend. And other than the pure golf tournament, I mean, literally, this year, I uh, the first time I played golf since the last pure charity golf tournament was this pure charity was golf the one tournament, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And part of that was my kids didn't do golf camp this summer, so I didn't, you know, because they did other things, but. You know, because I spend so much time focused on Pure, hmm. I, um, for the last 10 years, have tried to spend effectively all the time that I'm not focused on Pure, focused on my family. So, like, I love to read, When I, as I've also mentioned to some people. When we're building our house, every time we met with the architect, the library would grow a little bit and like the dining room or the living room or the hallway would shrink a little bit. A little bit more right? room for like shelves. Every time, yeah. Every, yeah. every, every, every uh-huh. time I, every time I found like, Oh, we could save a couple inches here. It's like, I know where it went. <laughs> and, and then we got near the end and I'm like, Oh, Hey, I could make the ceiling a foot and a half higher here and get another row. Of shelves. <laughs> and, and things, you know, it was, one of the few rooms that I maxed the ceiling to, 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 to get as close to the roof line as possible. So, you know, your, I like to what's read. Your, what's your favorite book? Is there one that you read over? Like, I read To Kill a Mockingbird every year. I enjoy that book for whatever reason, going way back. Uh, you know, it's, I wouldn't say that I could name one okay. book as my right. favorite. Um, there's a number of books that I have read many times because, um, you know, like, uh, if I'm ever traveling and I'm feeling under the weather, I love reading humor, hmm. right? Because it, it makes me feel better. So it'll pick you up, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, as an example. So, you know, like I love P.G. Woodhouse. He's one of my favorite authors. I, I get kind of very annoyed at him and some of my other favorite authors because they died and didn't write more books. <laughs> um, uh, and I am serious. It's like I find these authors and I'm like, I start reading everything they ever wrote. And then it's like, what do you mean they died and there's no more books? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I love mysteries. So I like I have everything Agatha Christie wrote. Mm-hmm. And then what did she do? She died and stopped writing. Yes. Um, you know, I have... Uh, a lot, of, you know, like Sherlock Holmes and all the pastiches. Um, you know, I like a lot of history. Usually every year I, um, around the beginning of the baseball season, I'll buy two or three baseball books that I'll mm-hmm. read around then. Um, uh, I have a ton of Star Wars books because I have always liked science fiction and I have a lot of old classic science fiction from the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s because my dad collected it. And then, you know, I do too. Um, but... Of course, my sons are both very into Star Wars, and so, you know, like my older son, he goes to the library two or three times a week and takes out, like, he has to take a shopping bag full of all the books 
that he does, and I'm not sure how he gets through all the books that fast, but uh, he does. So I started buying them so that I could read them too because I can't get to read them as fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then, like I said, I like a lot of history. So, um, Particular era or just in general? Um, pretty much in general. You okay. know, I mean, like... I tend to focus a little more on European history than Asian history because um, I've traveled more to the places in Europe, mm -hmm. and it's always more interesting to, like, okay, hey, we were visiting France and visited this castle and that castle. Okay, let's start reading yeah. about the yeah. people that lived there. Okay, let's yeah. and then because it's all still there. Accelerate right? I mean, there. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is amazing too. I, um, you know. My wife and I used to go in, actually, before we were married, I used to go with some friends to the Stanford Theater all the time and watch old movies. Oh, I love yeah. old movies. Mm -hmm. um, I tape a bunch of them on the DVR in the, that I watch in the gym uh, at home at night. But now that the kids are older... They're like they, you know, they're like, oh, you're gonna use the gym. We'll watch with you, and they don't want to watch, say, um, you know, something like My Fair Lady or right. Bringing Up Baby or whatever, My yeah. Man Godfrey yeah. or something mm -hmm. like that. So we watched like we've just finished all seven seasons of the original Mission Impossible. That's terrific um, stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, um, so. I actually like a lot of British uh, comedies on TV. Introduce them to The Prisoner. Um, Get them going on that. Uh, they have seen they the entire have. Prisoner, okay, yes. Because that's a great one, too. Yes. Yeah. My wife and I yeah. once stayed at uh, Port Marion in Wales, um, uh, which was a very interesting mm. place. And you know, a, there's a couple of, I mean, it's just a neat place to stay because of the architecture. And um, it's sort of very relaxing and uh I do love the fact that when the tide goes out, you can walk for a couple miles along the floor of the ocean or the floor of the bay there. Right, right. As it were. Um, and uh, in fact, I remember that we remember that vividly because, um, you know, there was no safe in the room. So we'd put our passports in the safe. And the day we left, we were driving back to London to get on the train to Paris the next day. And we got about halfway, which is a good ways. On the road and realized suddenly uh, we left our passports back, so we had to turn around and drive back, and then made for a very long day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The only time I've ever left my passport anywhere. What about travel? You're very well traveled. Um, not not for business. If you had that, you could go one place. Where where would you choose to go? That one's super tough. Tough call, um, right? Yeah. No, that one's super tough because I like. So I do like to travel a lot. Um, again. Uh, you know, once you have kids, you don't travel as much because a they're very busy during the summer. Oh, yeah. B, you know, we're busy at Pure uh, too. And, and and actually, see, my wife and I were very good before we had kids. That uh, we would never travel when everybody was off of school. Yeah. If the kids had, if, if if the kids were out of school, we're like, we're not traveling that week. We're traveling. We used to go skiing, and we used to love driving up to Tahoe because. We'd drive up on a Sunday watching the gigantic traffic jam on the way back. Everybody's coming back. Yeah. And then we'd yeah, on ski week. drive mm -hmm. back uh, to the Bay Area on Friday and watch the gigantic traffic mm -hmm. jam of everybody going up. And we're like, yeah. It's very satisfying. And yeah. we'd always do it the week after a holiday because you'd have you know a lot, a lot less skiers then and stuff. So um, one place to visit. I mean, that is super, super tough. Um you know, I'd probably have to say, um, 
either London or Vienna. Um, Those are my top two. Vienna. That's so fast. That's interesting. The, okay. the thing that I really like, I mean, just from the standpoint of there's so many things culturally that I like in London, and I, there's so many great bookstores. Yeah. And so many of my favorite authors from there. And there's so many things to do in the area that I just love. So it's kind of one of those things. I mean, in many ways, I'm too American to happily live overseas. And so many of my attitudes and Mm. just little things that you take for granted. But if I had to pick one other city to live in, and I didn't pick Monte Carlo, which has some nice stuff. It would be London. (laughs) Okay. But Vienna, one of the things that I love about it is... um, if you stay inside uh, the um, uh, inner ring, inner ring, yeah, yeah, you can kind of with the streetcar, you know, in the evening with the streetcars and and just so many pedestrian streets and stuff, you can almost like feel like you're in the 1890s or something. And one of the things that I most hate when I travel is when I go somewhere and it looks the same as where I am, like. I remember when we were doing the IPO and we went to Kansas City and mm-hmm. I'd never been to Kansas City before. And, you know, we had to go do some meetings in Kansas City. And so, you know, we're in the hotel and I'm like, well, I'm going to go out for a walk and, you know, see a little bit of the city center and stuff. And, you know, it's like, okay, I walk across this bridge and it's, oh, here's this sister city bridge. And they have all these sister cities around because they were big into that program. It's like, okay, that's kind of a different thing. And then I walk and it's like, oh, Here's all these same restaurants and shops that are like in Palo Alto right. or Mountain View yeah. or whatever. And it's like, why did I bother to go to Kansas City? Yeah. And I managed to find sort of the older, not the downtown shopping area anymore, where as you walk down the street, you had like some plaques from like, you know, the old West. Oh, here's where so and so got had a gunfight with whatever, you yeah, know, here's yeah. where right. this gangster was arrested in the nineteen thirties. But you know, when the city looks the same, it's like when we're traveling overseas, I've made it clear to my kids, you will never be allowed to eat in a McDonald's nope. or any other American fast food restaurant overseas. Unless, you, you can go in there and use the bathroom if you need to, <laughs> but you will never. I will never let you eat there. Yeah. Right? And I don't mind going for local fast food. It was funny when I went to Australia a couple of years ago in business. The first day I got there, I was just kind of, you know, I mean, you're completely jet lagged. And what I usually uh, do depending on the time shift uh, there it was like, I didn't really sleep on the plane, mm-hmm. so I'm exhausted, you know, but I knew when I was getting there, I figured, okay, I'll wander around Sydney for a couple hours on foot being kind of tired. I'll grab a light dinner and, uh, you know, go to bed and then I'll sleep all night, wake up the next morning and be all adjusted. And so I'm wandering around and, and I see this fast food restaurant and, you know, cause I'm just thinking I want to get something super quick and light. So I was just going to get yeah. like a burger or, or something, but not really a burger. I wanted whatever was Australian fast food. And I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the color scheme and the logo, and I'm like, that looks familiar. And I pull out my phone, and I look them up, and sure enough, Burger King had bought them. So I'm yep. like, forget it. I'm not yep. going in there. Yep. Right? There I will is the not... Burger King knockoff that's in that's in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the airports, and, and yeah, same thing. And, and I'm just like, I won't go there. And, you know, so my goal when I travel is to experience different stuff. That's and um, so, you know, that's something I, I hate when I travel and it like looks the same as where I left. Well, thanks for letting me put you on the spot and actually getting you to do London and Vienna. I yeah. love I love those as well. I'll give well, you one more thing yeah, go related one more. to travel. All right. Um, you know, I remember back 20 years ago 
when we'd be sort of in France and, you know, we're like, you know, in the south of France, we did a, you know, toured around Provence and the Riviera a bit and stuff. And, you know, everybody's speaking French and my French is very poor and very rusty, but I, I can kind of figure out a lot of the words because, you know, you kind of got a bit yeah, of a common language and yeah, things like right. that. And it was really disappointing when I took the kids there and when we're outside of Paris. I mean, in Paris, you kind of figure you're going to get it, but we're outside of Paris and everyone just starts speaking in English to us. I know. Right? Yeah. Like, I loved when I was in China and I couldn't understand what anybody was saying. Yeah. Right? Um, and and I, I've got to sit there and figure out, like, oh, I get a menu handed to me because, like, I wandered around in, 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 in China and I, like, go sit down in a restaurant because, like, hey, some of the food that people had and when their tables look good and they hand me a menu and it's all in Chinese and I can't read anything and I've got to try to figure out Just I mean figure it out because yeah. again I can, I can there's like a couple of really super basic things I can figure out and I kind of know how to say maybe the the Chinese thing I mean it's like it's fun it I is. love I, mm -hmm. I don't want to see like I, I go to Germany or Switzerland I don't want to see signs in English yeah. I want to see signs that I've got to think about what does that mean how do I do? It's and it's kind of more stimulating to have to think rather than take for granted the environment you're around. Yeah, yeah. Our next door neighbors are from China, and their father comes and visits about every three to six months. Doesn't speak a word of English, and I have the greatest conversations with him. Yet we don't speak. A, you know, he speaks no English. I speak no Cantonese or whatever. You know, and and we just you know we use our hands and we have facial expressions and we laugh and it's the greatest time it's 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 fascinating just just like that yeah what's the one word that describes you best as we kind of wrap here i'll throw another one that might is that too difficult i have too no difficult clue to do. on that one too difficult to get one word um i don't know right. um uh uh I told you some of these would be yeah, no, interesting no, is, stumpers, right? The, 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 <laughs> this is a really hard one because yeah. if you let me have a few words, it's easy. Um, you know, I've I've had people suggest tenacious. It's, okay. Yeah. No, I don't think that quite covers it. I would say that I tend to think differently with a often unusual viewpoint. I can be ridiculously exacting at times. Um, you know, we're going into the company all hands, and I was expecting someone to suggest to me that, oh, maybe you want to answer, you know, give some of the same answers to some of the questions in the morning, right? In the afternoon, mm -hmm. yeah. we, um, you, you know, we sort of didn't have quite as many questions coming in online and there were all these questions in the morning. And, and so I expected someone to suggest, oh, maybe you want to re-give some of those answers. And, I'm, and, I'm, and my first thought, and literally my first thought was, well, that was like 28,800 seconds ago that we did that meeting. <laughs> It, you know, and, and I just, you know, because I like to play around with numbers. Sure. I'm like, you know, so I don't remember what answers I gave. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, you know, there's there's too many words. You know, All right. That's fair. I, I can't narrow it down to one word. That's fair. I'll let somebody else try that. Well, let, all right. We'll let people listening kind of maybe maybe make their own assumptions about about what word uh, they want to do. As as we kind of close and wrap, is there anything that you want to say to customers, the partners, to Puritans out there as we you know celebrate ten years in in October uh, and look forward to the next ten years and beyond? Um, 
Well, I guess the first thing I'd, I, I'd point out um, is that you know, there's a lot of people that uh, have contributed to what's been just an amazing experience. I mean, uh, it, uh, you know, as I sort of alluded to before, I, I, I didn't set out to start a company. Mm-hmm. And uh, like many things in life that you didn't set out to do, I'm really glad that uh, that I did. It's yeah. been just fun and amazing and exciting and, you know, just great in so many ways. Um, and, you know, there's a tremendous number of people that have helped contribute. I'll, you know, obviously everybody here, um, there's also a lot of people that have can, made some contra- big contributions and left. Right. And um, so it's just been a great, exciting journey for all of us. And, and, you know, I hope that everybody, uh, you know, continues to sort of take that away with them. And, you know, when people leave, you know, I recognize we are not living in an age where there's lifetime employment anymore. Sure, sure. When people leave, the only thing I really want out of it is I want to make sure they go on to do something better, Mm -hmm. right? And I want them to know that they're welcome to come back when, they're ready too, right? It's a, it's sort of too small a valley to to burn bridges like that. And, it is. You know, I, I just think that uh, everybody, when they think about the ten years, should uh, you know raise a little toast to everyone that's contributed, uh, right? It isn't me. It isn't Charlie. It isn't Scott. It isn't Hat. It's everyone, right? Um, and you know, there's some people who went way above and beyond what we ever thought they'd do when they came, even if we thought they'd do big things. And, <laughs> and um, you know, for a lot of people, I hope it's been a great chance for them to learn and try some new things and, and you know, be really excited about uh, some of the different things that maybe they never knew they could do or that they always wanted to try and now have a chance to. Um, so it's just been a great journey. Outstanding. Well, it's a great time to wrap. Thank you so much. Um, for for this time and um, for you know helping us celebrate ten years, it's a lot of fun. Hope you had fun. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been an interesting experience. Yet another one that uh, <laughs> I had not planned on. So thanks That's for right. having me, and yeah, uh, I'm pleasure. sure we'll do this again sometime. I would love to welcome you back in the future, anytime, uh, anytime that you are free. And thanks everybody for listening to the Pure Report, for subscribing, and uh, please do tell a colleague as we continue to expand the uh the audience and uh, thank you for your feedback as well and with that we'll go ahead and wrap for pure storage and cause this is rob ludeman saying don't look back something might be gaining on you